Welcome to Entrepreneurial Minds. I'm Valerie Donahue, and on this podcast, we'll travel around the world to learn everything that we can about individuals who choose to create businesses from scratch. We'll dive into what drives them, what stops them, and what inspires them in order to identify. Are there common factors that unite us as entrepreneurs across continents? Here's your next episode. So we're here in Mexico City, and I'm here with a CCO of Yama, Remy Martini. So Remy, tell me a little bit about your company and the inspiration behind the name. Hi, uh, I'm Remy. I'm very excited to, to talk about Yama since we just launched. Uh, we launched uh, three days ago. Uh, the vision with Yama is how can we offer better for you, better for the planet products to uh, more Mexican people at a, at a, at a modest price. Uh, the whole vision of the company is cutting intermediate and middleman. How can we offer better prices, better products, better quality, uh, natural, organic, uh, eco-friendly uh, product from beauty to food and whole products. Uh, and and, and we, we had a lot of inspiration from different parts of the world. Uh, of course, Trader Joe's might be our biggest inspiration. However, uh, revolutionize in a way uh, groceries in the US and, and we believe that Mexican uh, deserves uh, to, to have better for you, better for better products at the right price. Amazing. And do you guys make all of your own products? So everything is private label, so everything is branded, is EMA branded. Uh, we are launching right now with 80 products. The idea is that we uh, over time uh, increase our portfolio to 100 by the end of this year, 300 by early next year, well, up to a thousand SKUs by end of 2020. Um, all our products are, uh, we, we design the product, we work on the formula we have on the team, uh, experts like uh, people from chemistry, people from nutritionists, we work with dermatologists, but uh, we work with a party provider to, to help us create the formula. We, we, we basically comes with a, with a with an idea of what we want, uh, also because the whole concept of EMA is to co-create everything with our consumer. We want to be like this first uh, ever 100% uh, co-created, uh, fun, easygoing uh, brand. And, and but yeah, we work right now with more than 60 different providers, mainly from Mexico, but also from the US, from Canada, from France, from Italy. Uh, we try to find the best of everything uh, in every location. So how do you strike a balance between producing really quality products while keeping the prices affordable? We believe that today, especially in Mexico, uh, the, the, massive, the, mass, the mass market, uh, the grocery market, is basically owned by a lot of uh, middlemen and, and, and a lot of, a lot of uh, intermediate people. So right now, when you buy a product that will cost $10 uh, in, uh, in, in, in Walmart, for example, uh, $3 would be like the cost of the product, then like the CPG uh, would take like maybe $4 uh, just because of, of the marketing and, 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 and the margin. And then you will have, sometimes you will have like a wholesaler or just the retailer like Walmart that would take us also $3. So basically what we think is that being direct to consumer, working directly with vendors and producers, shipping to your home or selling it to you through our stores, we are launching three stores uh, next month, is a way to cut, 
to cut the price and make sure you get uh, up to 70% off uh, versus the same quality of product in special uh, special stores. Because today, on top of that, you don't find a, a, a whole uh, assortment of beautiful, beautiful brand products in the mass uh, in the mass chains. Tell me a little bit about how you guys handle packaging and shipping and keeping all of that sustainable. That's that's one of obviously that's one of our challenges. How can we can make you know uh, qualitative qualitative product qualitative packaging? You know, for us, quality start by a product that really uh, do what you expect do what you expect as a consumer to, to, to receive. Uh, but we work, for example, right now, all our carton blocks are 100% recycled. We, we are working on like compostable uh, bags. Uh, we try to find the best uh, ever, even though sometimes we have to do some trade-off. Example, when we co-create uh, our uh, personal care line, uh, you know, the shampoo line, we could ever you know, create like this solid shampoo that has no plastic and no packaging, or create those more classical shampoo with no paraben and no sulfate, but still, you know, in the plastic bowl that makes, you know, the form you're expecting. And, and so we had to take a trade-off. Yes, it's a plastic packaging, but 100% recyclable. And the idea is, now that we are launching our store, our store can also be, you know, a, a recycling uh, center where you can bring all of your products, EMA product, but also any recyclable product and we will recycle to make it like, to make it something different, to make it something else. I like the idea of the upcycling of our daily product and transforming something that has a life cycle, quite, a quite short life cycle of like a month maybe, like for shampoo maximum, to something that can maybe last longer. I would say like a kitchen gadget or like maybe some uh, cleaning tools or like a, like a lot of things. That's really amazing, um, and I think that over the last probably decade, we're getting more into the trend where you know we have something and then we have it for a little bit, you know whether it's like electronics or clothing or whatever, and then we're very quick to switch things, and so basically you know creates a lot of trash, and so there is a very big education component to companies like yours in educating the consumer of you know what their options are and and why you know going with a company that focuses on sustainability uh, you know what the benefits are you know for the environment for yourself what is the biggest challenge that you guys are finding in educating the consumer about sustainable products i would say that more than only sustainable product, you know, this vision is that how can we we can offer to, you know, like a, a middle class market that uh, is not used to have better for you and better for the planet. We like, we like to have we sell on also like healthy product on top of sustainable product. Not, not, is, not everything is 100% sustainable, but everything is definitely working for like being better for you. And, and that's, that's a challenge because we are in a market where mass brands have been owning the market forever and, and one of the focus of the, one of the advantage of being direct to consumer is that we own the conversation versus the mass retailer that doesn't have any digital communication or any emotional in relationship with the with the consumer because today the mass the mass retailers they don't interact digitally and the uh, the relationship is much more transactional. No, 30% on uh, fruits today. What we aim to do with uh, Yema is to be this very uh, direct, mobile direct consumer, this is, is, is very close, uh, close relationship with our consumer where every day you will have 
a new content about why uh, a vegan diet can be nice, why uh, uh, recycled packaging can be as great as uh, non-recycled packaging. We aim to, to, to create a lot of organic content that makes, you know, makes people, makes uh, the life of our, of our consumer a, a better and easier life and, and the vision of the companies, how we can change the, the lifestyle habits that Mexicans have been having for the past 50 years. So that leads into uh, my next question in terms of the different generations and how you guys are doing your messaging, again, around education. Do you believe that there is an age gap in education about sustainability and are you having different messaging for different age groups? That's a very good question. What we know is that today, 70% of the millennials in Mexico are looking to have a positive impact uh, in the environment or in the, the society. So being, you know, being focusing on uh, this, what I call the tri triple impact, you know, like being profitable, but only, not only profitable as a KPI of success, but also having a positive impact on the society and on the environment, make total sense to millennials. And this is definitely our primary target. Younger people are even more, like, you know, uh, willing to, to, to learn about, about what we are talking. What we saw is that maybe the online channel won't be the perfect channel to educate older and older generation, but offline, you know, we, we just, uh, we are launching free stuff, but we just end up, uh, we, we were just finishing like a, a bazaar called Lonja, which is one of the biggest, you know, like trend and design bazaar in Mexico. It was in the middle of the, of the historical center of the city. And so we had a lot of, of people and older people and, and this conversation, you know, having this perfect, perfect, perfect experience in store makes it easier to explain why on top of a pretty decent price we are offering much more and we are offering something that will be uh, significantly better than what you are consuming right now. Are there any regulatory challenges that you guys are facing specifically when dealing with food and body care products? Definitely. For us, it's, it's, it's only on I, my background. I came from, from, from uh, personal care I was in L'Oreal, I was in Cody. My recent job was uh, in a pharmaceutical company, so I'm kind of like used to having these challenges. I was in marketing at, at the time, uh, but today, yeah, launching uh, in six months, 100 products, uh, you know, kind of scaling up the way we launch products. Everything is tech-driven in the company, you know, to make it easier and faster, to co-create with consumers, to find the vendors and finally to put it on the market. But still, yes, we, we had to, so we had someone internally, we work with a lot of experts, and for us, it's, it's actually one of our commitment is to make 100% safe products. That's why sometimes we do even more things that we are requested to do. Example, in the case of our uh, personal care uh, line that we're launching, which are like everyday products, like a shampoo, like a, uh, like a body cream, we, uh, we, we, we launched um, a clinical study with dermatologists to have on top of hypoallergenical uh, product, we also want to have dermatologic tested product to make sure that they are 100% safe and actually like, uh, you know, use some of the best practices from pharmaceutical companies to put it like on the market, on the street with much uh, attractive and cheaper product. Amazing. Um, I want to talk a little bit about um, the company um, you guys launched just last week, right? Yes. Amazing. Congratulations. Uh, what is that like for you right now, this first week? 
it's been it's been a lot of uh, a lot of uh, learnings. Obviously, we, we, we've uh, so we start with an offline event. So two days we had more like a thousand people coming to the stand. We had we saw we actually the the, the answer and the and the, the interaction with, with the product was great. When we are launching on top of that, like the e-commerce website with different types of shipping, the vision is to ship in nine minutes everywhere in the in Mexico City. We also launched with Rappi, which is you know, this last mile giant uh, that just raised a billion dollars recently with SoftBank. So they are like huge, they have a database of more than five million Mexican. And obviously, you know, there's always some little, little things, things, things to fix uh, last minute. Uh, but so far, we are very, like, very happy and, and very uh, hopeful about the future. Uh, did you guys get any funding or are you bootstrapping this? Yes, so the company has been funded by uh, a mix of business angels and uh, one of uh, a venture capitalist fund quite famous in Mexico uh, called Montan Nascar. This uh, company also has like some big successes uh, with other companies, the Ben & Frank, which is, you know, a kind of the local tropicalized uh, Warby Parker, but even better, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Ben & Frank for glasses, Luna, which is, you know, the Mexican Casper, uh, how to make better beds at a better price. Actually, one of our co-founders is also co-founder of Luna, so we are working in, we are, and, and for me, it's, it's amazing because I'm not an entrepreneur uh, per se, I, I'm, I'm, this is my first, like, big, Entrepreneurship experience. I come from the corporate world, but working with this, working and getting access to this ecosystem that is the Mexico ecosystem of of, of uh, direct to consumer uh, startups it is amazing. And, and yeah, so we are very grateful to have on top of that kind of VC fund, amazing business angel that are backing up the company. Amazing. And um, do you have any advice for um, entrepreneurs who are just starting their business uh, in Mexico in terms of navigating the investment space? Uh, yeah, I think I think the, the, the good the good news is that there is investment right now in Mexico. Even though sometimes we listen that Mexico, because of some political changes, might not be the, the right place. I am completely convinced that Mexico is the perfect market. It's a big market, but with uh, entry prices that are maybe better than other Western countries, and, and yes, there is a few found that, that can be can be very useful. There's a lot of events that can also help uh, help uh, help a, a young entrepreneur to, to meet them. Uh, I believe for me, uh, the, 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 the best uh, you know the best accelerator of uh, of of startups is the team of Endeavor. Endeavor is definitely like it's a global it's a global uh, a global network of experts in in, 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 uh, in startups and, and Endeavor in Mexico is, is, is quite huge and, and I would definitely uh, talk to them, uh, show them an idea and see if they could uh, back up the company as an Endeavor company. Very interesting. And you mentioned um, your co-founder. Um, so you guys have, uh, you have three other co-founders. How did you guys get together to form this company? So actually, in my case, um, it's interesting. So the co-founders uh, were came before me. Uh, they had the idea, and, and you know, they, they were kind of much more into the startup ecosystem. Uh, so they, they started working on the company uh, last year, at the end of last year. Uh, one of them so already had this great success with Luna. My audio co-founder is, is a great, uh, great consultant 
from BCG is Delta Ava, and one of, of, of the third the third the, the third co-founder, which is the, she's the CPO. She came from uh, she was at Linio, which is also you know pretty successful digital company in Mexico. And and we start talking early early this year. And what I was more at the beginning kind of the advisor of the company regarding commercial uh, commercial uh, matters. I was, you know, I had like a 10 years experience working with Walmart, working with mass distributors, working with personal care, and, and since we were more into like the startup tech uh, consulting world, we, it was a great match. And actually, um, we've been working a few months, and, and mid-year, I decided like, to leave, you know, to leave the, the hat of the, of the cowboy guy in the, in the pharmaceutical world to join the team uh, as, 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 as the head of, of commercial marketing. That's really exciting. Sounds obviously like a very strong team. What would you say is the biggest challenge that entrepreneurs are facing right now in Mexico? The biggest challenge, um, I think one of the challenge if uh, the company, which most of the case is, 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 uh, is a digital company today, you know, the e-commerce e-commerce uh, market in Mexico is still is still. It's still beginning, I would say. You know, Amazon and maybe had like three years on the market. Uh, still, you know, like e-commerce sales are representing maybe like less than ten percent of different categories. So it's 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 a challenge to to launch a company hundred percent digital. In our case, for example, we couldn't be, I believe, hundred percent digital. We do if we do want to revolutionize the grocery market, we have to be in the street. And you know you have to try the product. On top of that, you know it's a very sensorial market where people smell, where people touch, where people try. You know, especially you want to sell food, you want to sell a beauty product. You need to put it on your skin, put it on your mouth, and and that's that's a challenge because it, it requires uh, maybe a little more funding that you could expect, and also it's a little riskier because you basically have to invest uh, in capex and, and and you know like the the the, 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 the whole investment, the whole funding you could, you, could, you might. Again, uh, has to go on, on all of this investment. But, but at the same time, you know, Mexico is still a great uh, area of opportunities where people are craving for new things, uh, especially, I believe, if the concept has been, I would say, Mexicanized. You know, yes, definitely Mexico has always had this, you know, this window open to the US, but, you know, through the last few three years, with the actual, you know, um, actual pretty unique political context that we are facing between Mexico and the US. I, I believe the Mexican people now is full of, you know, of, of pride about this country. So if you come with a great idea that might be inspired from other countries, but you make it in line with what Mexican people are looking for, with their culture, with their, you know, passion for parties and food, that might be a quite a uh, success. Tell me a little bit about the philosophy of, of the stores that you guys have right now. What was the, you know, what's the concept? Walk us through what it's like to be walking into your shops. So right, right now, we only have like a kind of a pop-up store. The idea is that to make like the best experience as we could, you know, a lot of testing, but testing actual product, testing new product that's going to be conceived. Always get, you know, the idea is that we become kind of this data machine where we get always consumer inside, not only just to like track people and be this kind of big brother, so big brother of the market, but more like to uh, understand what people are really looking for. Uh, what, uh, so what we're going to have on our first store opening mid-November um, mid is that 
on top of just selling uh, a mass product, we want this store to be a place where you can have a coffee, try product, uh, also maybe some of your services, you know, the keys of the Airbnb can be available, you can charge your phone, you can just spend some time, you know, walk from, from the store. We really want to be this one-stop one, uh, one destination and, and you know that kind of third place, you know, we, what are the three places where we spend most of our life? Walk home and we cannot be like this third place where it's pretty nice to be uh, and that's complement, you know, the other two places where we spend too much time, usually. So what I'm noticing about spending just a few days in Mexico City is just the how the hospitality industry is just light years, I, I believe, ahead of other countries in terms of how you're being serviced, like the service industry and how helpful everyone is and, and just truly having a connection with everyone when walking, you know, whether it's walking into a coffee shop or, or a store or even a co-working space like this. Tell me a little bit about how you guys are planning to do your hiring for these stores. What kind of people are you looking for uh, to complete the experience, the in-store experience? It's actually, you were talking about that yesterday, I was walking on, you know, kind of the job description of, uh, what would be our salesman. Uh, as you said, in Mexico, we have this culture uh, where people are really, really well received and hospitality is definitely something, uh, I would say, uh, so well uh, developed here that any other places in the world could learn from the Mexican hospitality. Uh, in our case, we believe that the people in store will be the heart and soul of our company. Uh, you know, the, for us, the store is much more than a store. It's a place where you're going to learn, a place where you're going to try product, where you're going to co-create product. We are aiming to have weekly events with experts, uh, live stream on social media. So we have to make sure that people coming to the store have a unique and unbelievable experience on top of just buying something. So yeah, that's, that's the, the plan right now is making those new people that's going to join the team that might not have the whole the background why is the vision, why is the higher purpose of our company, making them part of this big vision that we have, that together we can change uh, consumption for good and how we can make it, you know, through, you know, the, be the, the better treatment, the best relationship ever you can have with people. So yeah, that, that would be our challenge, but definitely uh, I think the, the, you know, the soft skills mount on top of hard skills, I, I, will, I will challenge and I will evaluate more the soft skill of the person, you know, kind of this relationship we could create uh, because we really want to have a unique relationship with any people get inside the store. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Um, and my last question, you're a serial entrepreneur. What are the lessons that you learned from your past businesses that you're bringing to Yama? So in my case, even though I am take, I'm saying that this is my, my biggest entrepreneurship uh, experience, I had a chance to start uh, companies like while I was still at school, my first company was called Netibox. It was in 2012, so, and the company worked for like five years. It was a very interesting company. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if you remember this big trend of like membership subscription box where you receive every other month, you know, a box full of samples to try. We launched uh, this unique version for men. It was called the Dendy Box because it was all the belongings of the potential Dendy. It was a pretty higher priced box. What I mean, does Dendy mean? Dandy, the dandy, you know, like the dandy, D-A-N-D-Y. You know, dandy is kind of, it comes from the Oscar Wilde. Uh, Oscar Wilde created the dandy. It's kind of this guy. Mm. Oh, gotcha, this, gotcha. You know, this interest for details yeah. and 
taking it's not I do believe it's not egocentric. It's more into like you like beautiful things and you like craftsmanship and like some luxury things, but it's it's more like kind of a lifestyle, you know, being a dance. And then with Dancy Box, uh, it was great because we, we launched this $80 box, so it was pretty expensive, but we 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 had a great a great uh, response uh, and, and answering from the market. But the idea that something that maybe we were not able to face and realize at the time is that creating a business that won't be, won't be able to won't uh, be scalable in the future might keep your business even though you create an amazing audience. At some point, you know, to the, the whole business model was for eighty dollars you get a two hundred dollars uh, box. To get this price, we have either either we get the product for free or we get the product at just at the cost. It means that the brands were not making any margin, but it was more like a communication tool. The, the, the problem is once we got more than a thousand consumers per month, we couldn't find any product. We couldn't find any company that were able either to give a product for free or to lose margin on the product. So the company has got maintained you know, for like five years, but still the frustration was we didn't think in the first place, how to make it scalable. So that was something that we, I, I, I would always like, try to think with EMIs, how we can make sure that CMI has the potential of becoming today. Today is a small company, but tomorrow, EMI could definitely be the Mexican trader job. Yeah, so you actually beat me to the punch. I was going to ask, you know, where do you expect us to see Yama in a year or five years? Uh, and and you just answered that. So we'll be, and, and any plans to, um, what would be the next country that you guys? So the vision is launching three stores this year, maybe up to like six to 10 stores next year. And the vision is in Mexico, we could have up to 200 stores. Uh, we do believe that we don't need to have a thousand store like a, a normal mass chain because if we are well, you know, well positioned and well located, you know, through last mile, through dark stores, for example, we already right now we are in the Polonko area. We don't have our, we don't have a store, but we have a dark store that help us, you know, ship in less than thirty minutes. Uh, but then you know, uh, the rest of uh, Latin, uh, Latin and Latin American country are amazing. Uh, we believe that Colombia. Chile, Argentina, even Brazil can be amazing place for us like, to scale up the company in the future. Amazing. Well, we'll keep an eye out for you. Thank you so much for joining today. It was really wonderful meeting you. Thank you. It was lovely to meet, to meet you and talk in English for the first time about our recent, our new baby launch uh, four days ago. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Entrepreneurial Minds by Chatterboss. Our dedicated and on-demand virtual executive assistant team specializes in supporting entrepreneurs and business owners with pretty much any admin task. Go to chatterboss.com to learn more.